Welcome to Homegirl Nation. We're the podcast with the goal of making it easier to talk about tough things when it comes to the nitty-gritties of womanhood. I'm your host, Bridget Trong. On April 13th, I was assaulted in downtown Toronto outside of a busy Starbucks in the city. It was a gorgeous day and one that I remember because I threw on the first backless top of the year and season. It's been a wet one in Toronto, so giving my skin some of that vitamin D was a big deal. It was also lunchtime and I was in a great mood because Spotify's algorithm had just served me a new main character song by Pity Party called I Hope You Think of Me. It deserved to be on full blast through my AirPods that afternoon, which in hindsight wasn't the best idea that day or ever, really, because having that song on full blast distracted me from what was coming at me. An angry man with a full cup of pop that he decided to whip against my back. He whipped it so hard that I lunged forward. Startled and confused, I turned around and I asked him why. Was it something I did? Ridiculous that I even took responsibility for it at first, but there I was with pop dripping from my hair, shocked and scared with two women I had never met handing me napkins to wipe off. Bless them. He was in a rage, screaming words at me I couldn't understand. And in that moment, I realized... I was not prepared for this kind of situation. I had basically no idea how to navigate it safely or appropriately. I quickly posted a warning video to my fellow downtown Tonians, hoping some people would see it and stay aware, but the video took off. We're at 772,000 views with 4,800 comments, which gives me the impression that I'm not the only one who's A, experienced a street assault, and B, feels underprepared to deal with them. Today's guest is parking enforcement and bike patrol officer Aaron Urquhart, who used to be a self-defense instructor. Aaron saw my video, she commented, and I knew I needed to connect with her for some expert advice for all of us to consider. Let's meet Aaron. I'm so grateful that you came across my video. I quickly threw that together. It felt like out of necessity because I'd heard that there was a similar attack that day that had happened in the same area. Um, Really? I didn't hear about that. Is this an issue that we should actually be prioritizing and paying attention to as women or just the general public? Are street assaults and street attacks picking up in Toronto? Well, I would definitely say just with all citizens, women, especially because I maybe were seen as more vulnerable. But um, yeah, within, I guess, the last, I don't know, statistically, but since the pandemic, I think uh, people have gotten, seen an uptick in assaults. You've seen it all over, you know, the TTC, the TTC attacks have been quite scary. I don't even like taking the TTC anymore. And I've taken the TTC for, you know, like 15, 20 years of my life. And and my adulthood now is when I'm nervous about it. So I can I can sense or see that the city is pretty on edge, especially women. When you, you hear about all these attacks, they're happening so frequently uh, in the news. Like every day you hear about something new and just like your video, that was uh, who knows like how many other people have had attacks that don't make a TikTok about it and feel brave enough to share it with the whole world, if not just the city of Toronto, right? So yeah, I definitely think there has been quite an uptick in in street assaults and just assaults in general to just random attacks, which is unprovoked attacks, which happened to you. 
right? It was unprovoked, like you were just walking out or minding your business. And that's exactly it. It makes me kind of question my preparation in all of this. And I don't think I'm the only one who doesn't feel prepared to handle these dangerous, threatening moments on the streets on our own. So I kind of want to start from scratch because I understand that you have a self-defense background. Yes. Yeah, so, well, as a, I haven't recertified my um, instructor's course for the self-defense, but you know, the, the skills that you learn in, in doing those courses, they stick with you for a long time. And I just, from the top of my head, I remember be loud. That's one of the main things that I remember is be loud, create positive witnesses. So, you know, I know when you're caught off guard like that, it's really hard to get, get loud and you're probably more scared and your fight and flight comes into uh, into play. But you you want to get people's attention. That's for me, that's most important. And one thing that I remember, if I get into a heated confrontation or something out on the road in my job or just outside of my job, there's so many different um, things to do in the, the, these situations. But thankfully, like, well, not thankfully, it's it was broad daylight when this happened to you. I'm like, from yeah, what I remember. This was lunchtime. So there were, uh, it's uh, Richmond and Spadina. I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but it's a busy intersection. Oh, yeah. This is right downtown. Yeah. So during lunch yeah. hour, you're getting tons of foot traffic. Around me were a lot of people, one of which was this lovely woman who was walking behind me. And so she had stopped. She looked kind of scared, like, how do I react? Uh, she just kept saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Uh, and then another woman from the Starbucks who had witnessed it came out with um, some napkins to help me wipe down. And she was lovely, but there were a lot of bystanders. But just going back to what you were saying about being loud, can we kind of break down a few steps that we can take or bear in mind when we do find ourselves in those situations on the other end of an assault or an attack? Totally. So a great, great question to, to break this down. So if if you don't have, you know, the ability to get loud or to get other people's attention and you just want to get away, get to safety, you run my best uh, piece of a try and find any sort of identifying factor of this person in the long run. So you can, you know, give a good description to law enforcement or whoever to try and catch the person, you know, whether it's a, a face or a facial feature, uh, facial mm-hmm. hair, tattoos, uh, height, uh, body build, you know, a, a good description, a surprise, it can go a really long way, or articles of clothing, something that is, will stand out, you know what I mean? So that's number one, if, you know, you don't want to get any sort of physical involvement with an, an assault, or someone threatening, of course, you don't want to get yourself involved with that, you want to get away from that. So that would be number one is to find I identifying factors to get a good description. Um, Aside from getting loud, always tell your friends where you're going. If you're going somewhere by yourself, you know, I don't know about you, but whenever I leave my friends and my friend is leaving alone, I say, let me know when you get home. Yeah, I mean that. And if they don't message me, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, did you make it home? Okay. And um, if you are going somewhere by yourself and you, you you haven't a good idea, maybe when you'll be back or returning to home or wherever, you know, let someone know. And if they don't check in on you or, you know, you're not there at the time, some if someone's going to know something's up, right? Erin, when you say get loud, what does that look like? Is it screaming help? Is it, is it getting loud at the aggressor? 
So uh, the way that I, that they teach us in law enforcement and in self-defense is, you know, it's more not like get loud, but verbal command. It's like, get away from me, you know, talk with a purpose, talk with assertive, like being assertive. Um, not, you know, like not like screaming at the top of your lungs, unless if that's what you got to do, because it's like urgent and you need someone's attention, you you scream at the top of your lungs. But if someone is instigating you and, you know, approaching you and you, you can kind of sense that something's going to happen before it does be loud. Hey, get away from me. You know, watch my space, something like that. Just being assertive and speaking or walking even with purpose um, can also go a long way. Having that that confidence will turn a, a blind, not a blind eye, but, you know, someone who is looking for um, someone vulnerable, a predator could very much be turned away by just something as simple as that saying, get away from me and being loud and them knowing that you're not going to, you're not going to take any, anything from anyone. <laughs> right. So that is assertive uh, tone can go a long way yeah. and body language. I'd actually didn't think of that. The body language aspect. Yes. So, okay. you know, like I said, walking with purpose, you know, not walking with your head down, you know, someone like I, I love to listen to music. I'm on the TTC now, or if I'm walking somewhere where, you know, it's not very lit at night, you know, I take my headphones out because a lot of AirPods now they're noise canceling and you can get caught off guard and you won't have that um, reactionary time. So just making sure you're always aware of your surroundings, you know, taking your AirPods out, not walking, looking at your phone when you're out on the street, just little, little things like that can just really heighten your awareness, right? And just knowing your surroundings is really important, I think, as well. 100%. Admittedly, Aaron, that day had found a great new tune in my algorithm, in my discovery playlist on Spotify. And the minute I grabbed my coffee to head out, I put my AirPods in and I put on full blast for that main character energy. I didn't hear this guy come up to me. I didn't hear anything. And, you know, you're so used to living in your comfortable bubble, but it's about being aware of your surroundings all the time because you just don't know. You just don't know. In this note, that's actually from the Toronto police website about, you know, how to stay safe and self-defense. It's having your keys ready in hand with, you know, if you're getting close to home and so you're not fiddle, you know, you see that in the movies, if someone's, you know, a horror movie, you're fiddling at the door with your keys, like to avoid that, always have your keys in your hand ready if you're feeling uneasy or something like that. And, you know, even outside of this job, like before, um, I've had instances where I've, I've been followed, I have been randomly assaulted on the street, what once was in this job, but it was, again, unprovoked, like I was just walking down the street, and someone punched me in the side of the arm. And I wasn't ticketing anyone. I wasn't, you know, I was just minding my business walking along. And thankfully, um, the police came right away and they they caught the person because he was known to the area and it was a mental health situation. But, you know, not everyone has what I have, like a police radio attached to my belt where I can press the button and help is on the way pretty quickly. Right. So having those tools, like a little self-alarm or something like that if you don't have the time to get loud you pull a string and there's something that gets like a little alarm like that's on your keychain or something like that yeah I don't have any of those things but maybe it's something worth looking into that's what I got actually that was another piece of advice (laughs) I found from many people I got three of them for $21 probably one of the best investments anyone can make and I shared them with my friends because everyone should have them. It's just a tiny little alarm that you put on your keychain. Um, and it she gets loud. When you yank it, people hear it. Yeah. Talk about getting loud. Good. 
Yes, yeah. there you go. So there's a tool there you have right there that's getting loud for you. And someone's probably going to look in your direction if it's that loud. Seeing the comments come in of various types of assaults and attacks that happen to people in the city, it ranges from, you know, someone throwing a drink, slapping someone in the face with a slice of pizza on the TTC, or someone throwing a punch at someone's face when they're getting off. And I'm surprised also to see the lack of reporting that's taking place. A lot of people just kind of deal with it behind closed doors. It's a bad day. It's a shitty situation, but they don't report it. Do you think it's because people don't understand the severity of what actually takes place? Like they might not recognize this instance as an assault. It could be honestly, because it's happening more and more. And I think um, the fact that you hear about it more on social media as opposed on the news like do in my opinion is just does someone find more value when they not not saying this is in your case but if you know they're turning on their camera they're telling their story and they're getting it out to the public that way is that holding more value to them as opposed to reporting it to law enforcement and it maybe not getting the same attention or news worthy type of I, I don't know but or, or it could be just the severity. Of course, people don't realize that like, oh my gosh, or it might hit them after the fact that like, you know, like that was that was not okay. Like someone randomly just hit me or was violent towards me or threatening. Yeah. Sometimes it could be, yeah, it's shocked a lot of the time if that's never happened to you before. But there could be a lot of different reasons why. But um, I think a lot of it also is like people, they don't want to go through with the whole reporting phase of it all they they might they don't want to wait around for an officer they don't want to go to a division they don't want to who knows i i don't know what's going on in other people's minds but those are the the main things that i think it it could possibly be is uh yeah one of the three things that people are just finding that they're going to get the word out better Uh, well look at your video it went crazy it went like I'm pretty sure the whole city heard. <laughs> probably, which is honestly like it. It made people more aware. Like you know, I bet there's probably some female or woman or any citizens who are walking at a Starbucks and they're going to be a little bit more aware now of who's behind them, what's going on. You know, like so it it did bring value to you know just awareness to society of what what's going on in Toronto, and it's it's not good. It's not it's not Oops, good. No. Um, but you know, I do, you do see the city there's, they're trying, like, I just saw that they're putting, you know, cell service on the TTC now. So it'll be easier to maybe contact 911 or law enforcement if they have to, that's a step (laughs) I would say, but you know, what about everywhere else, you know, going back to the reporting thing, I think it's important to add that people should report it because what a lot of people don't know if it does happen out on the streets is there are police cameras everywhere downtown. And if they report it, they, it gets investigated. They can look over the CCTV footage within those areas and maybe find the suspect, maybe find the person with a good description. You never know because they, they follow the last travel uh, known direction of, of the person. If it's reported, right. If it's not reported, how are these people ever going to get caught? I can't speak for anyone else, but I know with my experience in reporting, I was reluctant to do so because my mindset was, well, what are they really going to do? Based on zero experience, my mind just went there. 
And thank goodness my girlfriend was like, no, you need to report this. You don't know what's happening with this guy just roaming the street. You have no idea. So prevent this from happening. Oh, okay. So I did so. And, you know, it was like a two-day situation because I couldn't get through right away. But I've had follow-ups from law enforcement. Which is incredible. Yeah. And and the interactions I've had over the phone, I didn't have to physically go into a station, but the interactions I've had over the phone with law enforcement has made me feel very confident that they're taking these kind of assaults very seriously and that they care. Um, again, this is my experience. I know that that's not the case for everyone, but there's a difference between putting out a video, in my opinion, putting out a video video for awareness, but also doing something to help the individual perhaps get the help that they need or get them off the street so that they're not hurting other people. Exactly. And going back to you saying you reporting it, your friend encouraging you, good for your friend. Yeah. Um, you know, saying this is happening in your neighborhood because you never know. Someone else could have reported it and you don't know about that. And now it's becoming a case. Now they're building a case against this person and so on and so forth. You know, they catch the person and deal with them accordingly just like you said. So I'm really happy to hear that um, you did have those follow-ups. And that's the other thing. When you do report it, and if you don't get follow-ups, you can always reach out and be like, hey, what's going on with this? You have the report number, you have the go number of the occurrence. And that's another good um, positive outcome of reporting any anything that happens that you're just not feeling safe about in the city. So we talked about certain steps to bear in mind to protect ourselves or approach these aggressors safely. What about things not to do? Are there certain things that we should be mindful of, stay away from doing to protect ourselves? You just never know where someone's mental health is at or what they have on them. You know, trust your gut, disengage. If you're if you scared and if that flight mode goes on, then slide, get out of there. Right. Just get to safety. You right. Know? Um, so that's you just you don't want to put yourself in a more harmful situation, which is already occurring, right? And in that case, when you do disengage, I guess the best thing to do is also really pay attention to what that person looks like. Yes. So that you disengage. can report. Yes. Get so try to remember what they look like and your location. Sorry, that's pro- probably very important as well. Location, location, location. And of course, call law enforcement, call 911. And let them know where you are, what's happening, because that's that's what they need to know. If you're calling 911 in a, an emergency situation and you're in a panic, they just really want to know where you are. That's mm. number one. So if you blurt out the closest address, you know, I'm on like I'm at Richmond and Spadina, eventually they'll they'll find you somewhere. So number one, I would say is location. When you're calling law enforcement, try to remember what the person looks like. Those are those are huge and they will help you a long way in an emergency situation if it comes to that emergency situation where you do need to call for help like immediately if no one else comes to your aid bystanders, which, you know, in a situation where it's bad, like that you would hope that someone intervenes. But again, you you never know, right? Yeah. It's and crazy what's going on in cities everywhere. Totally. I called it out in the video and I didn't mean to pit men against women whatsoever. But what I found so interesting, and I couldn't help but notice that the two women who came to check on me were beyond lovely. And then there were about three or four men. I think there were three men, one of which was sitting down looking directly at me and what was happening. um, And two others were standing around. 
and none of them flinched. So I, I wasn't expecting anyone to jump in the middle between myself and the aggressor. But what I found interesting was that not one of those men acknowledged what had happened and even checked up to say, hey, are you okay? Where the women did. So bystander effect, we know that's a whole thing. And it's very common for people to kind of keep to themselves, even though they're witnessing something that's not okay. Do you suggest that if we are a bystander, if we are a witness to an assault on the street, to, in a sense, mind our own business? Or should we speak up, be loud in some capacity to help out? How do we react in this case so that everyone is safe, but we're doing our part to protect one another? That's a great question as well. Well, again, I can't I can't speak for everyone, but personally me, like I, yes, I would definitely want to speak up and be loud. And I, I'm grateful for the times where, you know, I, I was assaulted, where it, it, it went to court and I mm. had two... It was, two people who came up to, and again, it happened outside of a Tim Hortons <laughs> um, in the early morning and uh, I got pushed and I had two witnesses come up to me and they're like, nope, I saw that. That was not right. You need to call like, Cause to me, I was like, I, I wasn't really going to deal with that. And you know, I was in uniform, but it was those two people who came up and said, we will be witnesses. We saw that. No, you need to report that. It's, one, it makes the person that just got assaulted or, you know, had any sort of harmful thing happen to them feel a little bit safer when yeah. they have people come to their aid. And yeah, it and it it can go a long way. It can help. And how are we going to get anywhere in society if we don't help each other? I remember the, seeing those uh, ads on the TTC. If you see something, say something. And I, I do believe in that. I think if you if you have the ability, if you have the confidence to go up to someone after witnessing something like that and saying, hey, I saw that. Here's my contact info. If you need any help, if you need me as a witness, here's my here's my info. So I definitely encourage that for sure. Um, but again, it's to each their own if you don't feel comfortable enough doing that. If women find themselves in these positions, maybe wanting to better prepare themselves, are there certain courses or reading materials that they can take that you recommend with your background? Uh, definitely. It's a rape and aggression defense. And that's the course that I used to teach people. Um, so if you just look up RAD self-defense online, there's plenty of um, information there on how to maybe sign up for those courses. But also I just looked up self-defense and there's actually like boxing gyms all around the city that are offering self-defense courses. So if, if you want to do that to just, you know, get your own confidence up with your girlfriends and, you know, it, it's it's fun too. You get your own aggression out just in the training of things. Yeah, I, I recommend some self-defense training outside of you know, Toronto Police, unfortunately, I don't think we offer um, self-defense courses within the service, but definitely outside, um, check it out because it, it's it's worth it. And mm -hmm. like I said, those stick with you for the rest of your life. Thank you so, so much. And I want to say, I'm so sorry that you found yourself at the end or the other end of an assault as like, well. That's That sticks with you. Yeah, it does, unfortunately. But you know, uh, you live and learn and I'm happy to hear to talk about my experience, right? So yeah, there's always a positive outcome. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for your advice, the silver linings of this uh, great attitude that you have. And uh, <laughs> I look forward to seeing you on the streets. It sounds like you're out yeah, and about all the time. I'd love to see you out on the road one day. I'll definitely say hi to you. And thank you so much for having me, Bridget. 
Erin has amassed a huge following on TikTok for her educational videos. Make sure you check her out at at TPS underscore Bikeheart. Thank you so much for dropping by for this homegirl discussion. You know the door's always open. <laughs>